Welcome back to another episode of the What We're Watching podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Jenny. And today we're talking about Twilight. Yay. I love Twilight. Are you Team Jacob or Team Edward? Team Jacob. Same. Okay, good. I just had to ask immediately. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about this in our um, Summer I Turned Pretty episode. We totally did, yeah. We might get so much hate for this. Mm -hmm. People do not like Jacob. Yeah, we didn't learn from our experience being team chair because everybody else is team Conrad. (laughs) (laughs) I was so sure when we released the Summer I Turned Pretty episode that everyone we knew that listened was going to text us saying, you're right, and they didn't. They texted us saying we were wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know who you are, and we love you. (laughs) But we love this movie anyway. Yes. How did it feel watching this movie again? Painful. Painful, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is the most accurate description of this entire movie's vibe. Yeah. Just they're in pain. They are. It's so hard for me because I had such a deep, deep, deep love for the books in middle school. Like, it was my hyperfixation to the millionth. Like, it was all I thought about. And I loved the movies at the time. I think. This might be a hot take in a similar way that I love the Harry Potter movies because it gives me a visual representation of the books, but not necessarily because I think the movies alone are great. It's like an addition to the books for you, like a bonus. Yeah, like it's not that the acting is great. It's not that the script was great, but I like that it gives me like actors to visualize, you know? Yeah. What did you think? Same, I think. I'm trying to remember my history with Twilight. So I definitely read it in middle school, was obsessed with it. I remember all of my friends being obsessed with it, too. We would talk about it at lunch. Mm -hmm. And then I do remember when the movie came out, seeing it in theaters. And I remember my friend and I made fun of it. Really? Yes, but we loved it. Don't get me wrong. But we were self-aware. We understood that the scenes were wild. (laughs) Okay. I think I was too deeply emotionally bought in (laughs) to the story that I loved it at the time. I, like, really loved it at the time. And now, no. Now it hurts me to watch. It is one of those book series that I haven't been able to reread. I've reread The Hunger Games and Harry Potter probably a million times. And I've tried to reread Twilight so many times. And haven't been able to. Really? Why? I don't know. I just like, it's something about it I couldn't get into again. Mm. But don't get me wrong. I saw every Twilight movie in theaters. I read every book when they came out. Mm-hmm. I have fond feelings about it. But I just think I'm a little more aware of it now. Yeah. It's easier to see it for what it is. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yes, totally. Before we go any further, let's take a second to say Thank you guys for all of your support on our October review challenge. It's been so fun to do all these Halloween themed movies and to get reviews from you guys. It really means a lot to us. And we got another one this week. Kelly711 says, thank you for the fun, lighthearted and entertaining listen with a sprinkle of girl power. I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing your take and revisiting some throwbacks. You leave me wanting more. Yay. Thank Thanks, you. Kelly. So the movie slash show, in this case show, that we've picked to match your vibe is Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the OG show. I love it. I love this show and I feel like it really encapsulates like the girl power that's in the review because you see Sabrina and her aunts and it's just like such a fun, lighthearted watch and I have a feeling you probably love this show. Okay, so if anyone else wants us to find the Halloween, October, fall themed movie or show that matches your vibe, 
Leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts by the end of October, and we will come up with a pick for you. Okay, so as always, I'm going to give a little intro to the movie. When Bella Swan moves to a small town in the Pacific Northwest, she falls in love with Edward Cullen, a mysterious classmate who reveals himself to be a 108-year-old vampire. He's old. (laughs) (laughs) At my core, I'm a basic fangirl. Just... To be clear. We love it. To put my cards on the table. Yes. And it always irritated the fuck out of me whenever people would say, it's so creepy that Edward likes Bella because he's so old and she's a teenager. And I would defend the story to the death because I'm a basic fangirl and I loved Twilight and I didn't want anything to be wrong with it or creepy about it. However, as a 27-year-old woman watching the movie. I was like, this is so creepy. <laughs> I can't get over it. That hot take did not age with you, I guess. Yeah, no, it's not great. Now, when you read the books, were you Team Jacob also? Yes. Is that what made you Team Jacob was the books? Um, I'm Team Jacob in the same way that I was Team Jer, which is that I like Jacob better. I just like his character. I love his family. I love the whole details about him being part of this like indigenous people's community in the book. I just loved that. For Bella, I'm Team Edward, though. Like, I think she loves him and there's no getting around that. Yeah, I don't know that the books versus the movies swayed it. It's like we know that we're the losing side. But we're still going to stick to our side, you know? Totally, yes. I want to say that in the books, I found Edward a lot more charming Mm -hmm. than in the movie. So I was probably okay with Team Edward until probably New Moon when we got more details about Jacob. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, rewatching it, I was like, I cannot be on this man's side. (laughs) Yeah, it's creepy. And I'm sorry, Robert Pattinson, but... Yeah, his portrayal of Edward and the writing and, like, something just made it weird. hmm I forgot how little of Jacob we see in this movie, in Twilight. He's in, like, three scenes. Yeah, if someone said they were Team Jacob after watching this movie, you'd be like, why? Yeah, you'd be like, wait, he's a side character. He's not even an interest. He's yeah. not a team to be on. Which I did not remember that. I thought that he was such a bigger part of this, and I, I think he is a much bigger part of the first book, and he definitely is a big part of the second book. His story is he really comes in post-Edward. Okay, you read the script, right? Or parts of it? I read parts of the script because I just really wanted to dig in. I think the reception of this movie, maybe at the time, but definitely now, is that the acting is just off. Like, Mm -hmm. the twitchiness of Bella and the moodiness of Edward and... There are just some awkward facial expressions and scenes, and it's very dramatic. Painful. Yeah, it was painful. I think Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are great actors. Me too. I love them. I do not subscribe to the belief that Kristen Stewart is a boring, horrible actress that only has one face. Absolutely not. I know that's a take on the internet, and I don't buy it. I've seen her in a bunch of other stuff, and she's, I think, really talented. And same with him. Yeah, I read the script a little bit because I was like, is this just the script's fault? And I'm undecided. I thought the script was actually kind of good, but a lot of the lines were the same. And there were some parts where they did change the lines in the movie. And I was like, why did you do that? Because it sounded a lot less horrible the way that you wrote it on the page. Mm. But it's inconclusive. I just don't think they were given a lot to work with. That's kind of what I thought as I was watching it. Like, It wasn't even necessarily that watching it made me think that the writing was bad, but it felt empty. 
Like it felt like there was one line where there could have been three lines and that made a lot of the lines sound really awkward because it just felt like they were speaking like so bluntly or a lot of it was left up just to their facial expressions and not not what they were saying and like I'm just such a big dialogue person I love when there's a lot of dialogue I love when we get to hear the characters talk a lot and we see their personalities through what they say and we just didn't get a lot of that in this no and I remember Bella being a little bit different in the books do you remember I remember her being less awkward for sure yeah like she actually made really good friends with all the other kids in school in the book and they like show that in the movie but it doesn't really make sense because she acts so awkward around them Yeah, everyone's obsessed with her, but she's giving nothing. Yeah. But I remember when I was a teenager and I watched this movie for the first time, I related to this awkward character and I thought it was great. Mm. And Kristen Stewart wants us all to remember that this was an indie movie. And when you kind of put it through that lens, I'm like, okay, like maybe it was all just artistic decisions, you know? It was shot like an indie movie. I really had forgotten that. And then as I was watching it, like, A lot of the scenes at the very beginning, just like shots of the forest and like her getting out of the car. There was just something about the vibe of the movie that felt very indie film, not blockbuster series trilogy extravaganza that it became, you know? Yes. And as much as people love to hate on things that teen girls love, I think this movie was perfect for teenage girls, except for some toxic (laughs) behaviors that we can talk about later. Mm Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, the actual kind of cheesiness of it, it was it was fine. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate, I can, like, really appreciate an awkward, introverted main character. Like, we don't get to see that a lot, and I don't love that it's always depicted like this, where it's, like, ugh, gross, boring, if they're introverted and shy. Like, I love Newt Scamander in the um, Fantastic Beasts series. Oh, yeah. Because he's just, like, kind of awkward and introverted, and I appreciate getting to see that, so... I like the intention of what they were doing, but I think maybe the direction was a little awkward. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's what it was. Not necessarily the actors, not necessarily the script, maybe the way that they were asked to act certain things. And I have not watched the other movies in this series in a long time, but I do not remember them being as awkward. So maybe we can pin this all on the director, Catherine Hardwick. Let's do that. (laughs) Which I have seen a little bit of interviews with her. Like she did an introduction to the deleted scenes on the DVD and she kind of acts like Bella. Mm. I get that vibe. So maybe that was it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she saw herself in the character and wanted her to, was directing her to act the way that she acts and that just like didn't come across very well. Maybe. Interesting. I do think it's hard when you have a series that's this popular. Like I think people get really afraid to touch it or to like fuck something up. And so... I also wonder if, like, they just got so obsessed with trying to nail what the characters were supposed to be that they forgot to, like, let the actors act like themselves. I had an acting teacher that always told me, like, no matter what you, quote, think the character should do, like, what would you do? Like, how would you feel? Like, would be in a scene and anytime somebody was trying to, like, be like, well, I think that they're going through this, they'd be like, no, no, no. What would you think if somebody just said this to you or if this just happened to you? Like, how would you feel about that? And then do it again, kind of as you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were maybe missing that a little bit. Like the human, ironically, the humanness, the like humanity of them reacting. Like it just felt like maybe they were just really trying so hard to do the book justice. And that's what didn't work out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And maybe it's just the concept itself, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So this movie is based on the book by Stephanie Meyer, obviously. I think we all know that. 
she blew up as an author when these books came out and i just remember people being obsessed with her in a way that like people are not obsessed with authors really like her jk rowling maybe a handful of others rl stein but like i feel like people were invested in her her personal life and like wanting to know how she came up with the books which i think came from one of her dreams i think she had a dream about this yes. and then wrote it as a book which um hello universe i would like to put in a request for a dream that becomes a best-selling book <laughs> yes and a series that i can just write fan fiction about because basically that's what she's done since then she wrote midnight sun which is twilight from edward's perspective i forgot about that which there was this whole drama around that do you remember this it leaked didn't it yes it leaked i think i read it from the leak online oh i did i was on <laughs> stephanie meyer's website reading the leak where she basically said it got leaked. I'm upset about it. So here's the few chapters that got leaked. Mm-hmm. I'm not working on this anymore. Because mm-hmm. she was mad, which I understand. I think that was the peak time when people were interested in this. And I think she should have just kept going. Me too. It was years later, recently actually, that she released Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. But then hasn't she also done a gender-swapped version? Has she? I'm pretty sure she released a gender-swapped version where the vampire is a woman. And it's a boy main character. I could be so wrong, but she just strikes me as the author that's like, yeah, I live in this world now Mm -hmm. and I'm going to write it a whole bunch of different ways. Which I love. Why not? Because I also hyperfixate on things and the idea of being able, like, if I was really into this again, to be able to read all the other things that she's written about it is so cool. I also think Fifty Shades of Grey was based off of a fanfic of twilight it was yeah it was and actually (laughs) uh who's the author el james i think wanted robert pattinson to play christian gray the way the world would have collapsed if robert pattinson was also christian gray (laughs) thank goodness he didn't i know and when stephanie meyer talks about this she's not upset I don't think, or at least she doesn't come across that way, but she's never taken legal action as far as I know. There is like a paragraph that I saw online that is word for word from Twilight, Hmm. ripped just with like different descriptors and different character names. Interesting. So it is 100% fan fiction. And then Stephanie Meyer's just like, yeah, I'm glad it could inspire her. I kind of love that approach. Yeah. It's like the opposite of the Taylor Swift Olivia Rodrigo approach. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just let people be inspired by art and make other art that's based on it, because that's what everybody else does, you know? Yeah, she's like, personally, the sex is not my taste, but go for it, you know? Yeah. I don't remember a lot about Stephanie Meyer's personal life, though. Do you? No. I saw something that Stephanie Meyer's brother would screen all of her emails for her and not, not let her get any of the hate. Anyway, should we talk about the cast? Let's do it. Here's our favorite part. I love to talk about who else would have played these characters. Yeah, me too. A bunch of different actresses screen tested for the role of Bella. Which is cool because screen testing is very far in the process. Yes. So who was it? Lily Collins. Ooh. I can totally see her. I can totally see that. I actually love that. It would not have been awkward at all, though, or, you know, the the The, twitchy vibe. Yeah, agreed. Also, Jennifer Lawrence. Ooh, I love that. I think it would have been a lot more dramatic, maybe, in a good way. Mm-hmm. And then interesting that she went on to play the lead in The Hunger Games. Yeah. Which is just, to me, these are synonymous, like all of these big blockbusters of the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. I I feel like 
Jennifer Lawrence's career would be so different if she had been in Twilight instead of The Hunger Games. Huh. I can't even imagine what else. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Like, I just think people would think about her differently. I don't know why. I wonder if she wouldn't have been taken as seriously, kind of like Kristen Stewart has had to really break away from this role. Yep, I think probably. Stephanie Meyer also had a bunch of ideas for who she originally wanted as Edward and Bella. Now, I don't know if she ever pursued this or if this was just like who she kind of pictured in her mind. But for Edward, her choices were Henry Cavill, Logan Lerman, and Tom Sturridge, Hmm. which you would recognize at least Henry and Logan. And then for Bella, she was thinking of Emily Browning, Elliot Page, and Danielle Panabaker. Wow. I could see all three of them. Totally, right? This just reminds me of whenever I'm about to undergo a new writing project, and I'm like, I need to look up people who look like who I have in my mind so Mm -hmm. that I can actually picture a human as I'm writing. I don't do that as much anymore, but do you do that? No, but that's such a good idea. I always make playlists and, like... Pinterest board for like vibes. I like that. The director, Catherine Hardwick, saw Into the Wild and was really into Kristen Stewart after that. And so that's who she really wanted for the part. Mm. And that's how Kristen Stewart got it. Wow, the movie would be so different, I think, if it wasn't Kristen Stewart. Oh, yeah. Because I can't imagine any of these actors playing it like she did. Gosh, I wonder if you can find those screen tests out on the internet because I would love to watch them all. I would love to see Emily Browning auditioning. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Emily Browning did audition, but it would be cool. Yeah. I'm going to do some digging. I'm going to see if we can find any screen tests. And if we can, then they'll be on our Instagram. Awesome. Ah, while well, we're watching pod. Okay, Robert Pattinson. Yes, Edward. He has a very interesting audition story. But before I get into that, I do want to say that Jackson Rathborn, who played Jasper, was very, very, very close to being Edward, which... I think I would have preferred. Is that a hot take? Really? Yeah. They have the same vibe. Like, they're both the kind of, like, awkward, still twitchiness. So I could see it. Okay, what's the audition story? So back then, Robert Pattinson would get really, really nervous before auditions, which I think is just a normal human thing. And the morning of the Twilight audition, he was actually sleeping on his agent's couch at the time. And he called her freaking out about his audition. So she told him to go find a Valium in her bathroom and take it. And he'd never taken one before, but he said he felt so glorious. And it gave him this spacey, detached demeanor in the audition, which he was like, that must have just worked for the character. And that's why I got it. But this is the funniest thing to me. This is not Catherine Hardwick's depiction of meeting Robert Pattinson. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) She said he arrived at her house for a screen test with Kristen Stewart, and according to her, he just looked wild looking, which makes so much sense now that we know that he was on Valium at the time. (laughs) He had just like scraggly black dyed hair. (laughs) He had a stain on his shirt when he showed up to the audition. And this part I don't like, but apparently she also said he just like wasn't in shape at all Mm. because according to Pattinson, he'd been drinking beer all day for months. Mm. So they did a screen test on her bed with Kristen Stewart, the makeout scene. They did the makeout scene as the test before they knew each other. They needed to make sure it was hot and steamy enough, I I guess. I cannot. I cannot. 
I can't. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Continue. So Rob kissed Kristen for the first time and it was so passionate that he fell off the bed. Oh no. (laughs) I'm just imagining this adult woman director watching this just being like, okay, you can stop. You can stop now. Oh my gosh. And then Kristen Stewart was like, it's got to be Rob. We have to go with him. Mm. Hardwick's like, I don't know if it was love at first sight or what. Wow. And then Hardwick kind of freaked out a little bit because she was like, okay, at the time Kristen was 17. Mm-hmm. And Rob was 21 or 22. And she was like, you've got to realize that Kristen is 17 years old. She's underage. And in our country, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Which I love all that she said that. And she said, you've got to focus, dude, or you're going to be arrested. And I made him swear on a stack of Bibles, she said. Oh, my God. Ew. I know. I, like, forgot about this era of Robert Pattinson where he was just, like, this troubled, disheveled artist bad boy kind of like misunderstood art boy in high school you know i forgot about that so this all completely tracks it's like bringing up a new image of him that we haven't seen in a really long time that i forgot about it just brings up the memories of him being twilight's biggest hater Mm -hmm. which how did you feel about that by the way the fact that he was embarrassed that he was in it yeah and just trashed it him and kristen were like that it makes me sad It always makes me sad whenever anybody kind of, like, disses the franchise they became famous from. But I also understand it. It just sort of feels like, keep it to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, there are just, like, so many fans who have launched your career, really. Mm -hmm. And this means a lot to them. Just because you think it's silly or made it hard for you to get jobs, which I understand is so frustrating. And, like, maybe there's an element of it that they want to distance themselves from it. And so they're saying it publicly, not necessarily to throw shade but to like make sure that maybe like casting people or directors people know that they're that's not all they can do maybe that's the purpose in which case i do understand yeah what did you think about it no same thing although i will say watching them back now like watching back the interviews of him hating on twilight it's hilarious yeah and he's just saying what we're all thinking (laughs) (laughs) at least i can recognize it that's another reason why i don't necessarily think it was their acting It was making it awkward because I think they knew. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think they gave it their all. Okay. Also, can we go back to the makeout scene? Why in the fuck? I'm so sorry. I'm cursing in this episode for some reason. (laughs) I'm just fired up. Why would they do that in the audition? Especially when Kristen's 17, especially when she's 17. Like, right? It's one scene of the whole movie where that happens. So, like, why would you pick that, that out to test their chemistry? There's plenty First of all, this entire movie is so sexually charged. It's painful. Like, it's so teenage angsty. Yeah. And that's tangible. So, like, why did they have to make out on the bed for an audition? I don't like that. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Kristen Stewart was 18, I think, when they filmed this. Mm. So this must have just been prior to her turning 18. I don't like it. I do appreciate that a lot of sets now use intimacy coaches. Yeah. Which is very cool. I know that was a huge thing on the Bridgerton set. And that just makes so much sense to me. Like, to have a professional there to be, like, to, like, coach them through the, like, more sexual scenes and how to be comfortable and, like, how to do it well, I think is so smart. And the fact that they didn't used to have that and would do shit like this is crazy to me. For the audition. Ugh, yeah. Don't love. Also, they dated. We didn't talk about this, but they were together for, like, kind of a long time, I think. Yeah, like four years. Yeah. It was a big scandal when she cheated on him. Yeah. I forgot about that. Donald Trump commented on it. He tweeted about <laughs> I it. I forgot about that. Multiple tweets. 
Yeah. Painful once again. Yeah. Ugh. I don't really know much about their relationship, though. I don't either. Normally, I'm all over the celebrity relationships, but for some reason, this one just feels so long ago and uninteresting. Like, I would way rather talk about Kristen Stewart and, like, isn't she with Stella Maxwell? Is that who she's Is she currently? engaged to? She's oh, engaged sure. to somebody. Okay, definitely not Stella Maxwell. She is engaged to Dylan Meyer. Who's that? Dylan Meyer is a professional golfer, which I actually think I knew that Kristen Stewart loves to golf. I listened to her episode on Armchair Expert because she did, what's it called? I think Zathura with Dax when she was like a kid. Like her and Josh Hutcherson were the two kids in the movie with Dax. And she lived on the street from Dax. And oh. so they're neighbors. And they had a really good conversation. Interesting. We're canceling Dax right now. We're not watching or listening to his podcast. However, if you want more like deets on her, that would be the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. So, okay. Sorry, I'm reading about this a little bit now. Kristen and Rob were together for four years. And they did. They got together while they were, they were shooting Twilight. Like the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that it was during the first one. And then they broke up in 2013. Yes, I remember this. When she cheated on him with the director of the Snow White and the Huntsman movie. Who was much older. And I feel like, was he married He or was something? married. Yeah. He was. And it's funny now because I'm pretty sure I heard an interview of Kristen recently saying that she didn't sleep with him. There are pictures of them together, like kissing in a car and stuff. And... Whoever was interviewing her was like, well, why didn't you say that? And she was like, who would believe me? That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, knowing what we know now about Hollywood, especially the powerful men in Hollywood, the power dynamics with directors, the casting couch, all of that. I think I would hope that today people would look at that situation differently with a little bit more of a keen eye than being like, ooh, scandal. She cheated on Robert with her director when it's like, hang on. She was young. She's very young. He was older and married. Mm-hmm. And her boss basically yeah Yeah, let's think about this a little bit um i also want to note that a bunch of other websites are saying that dylan meyer kristen stewart's fiance is actually a screenwriter and actor oh cool so screenwriter actor professional golfer question mark i don't know which is true (laughs) maybe all i know in our halloween town episode we talked about actors and actresses that really like lean into their previous like iconic roles like a la tom felton and harry potter Mm mm-hmm this brings us to Taylor Lautner. <laughs> I feel like Taylor Lautner is kind of this way. Does think, he lean into this role? I think he does. Aww. I think he, like, doesn't mind talking about Twilight. Like, I'm thinking about In the Summer I Turned Pretty stuff when he was talking about how he's Team Jeremiah because it's the same as Team Jacob. I think that's cute. He's just so sweet. Yeah. I was reading that um, something he said about this part was that the hardest thing for him was the amount of food that he had to eat <laughs> to, like, get buff. To, like, be Jacob, to, like, be, like, ripped and... Was he ripped in this movie? I think he, I think he was just ripped in the whole series. Oh. I don't know about this movie specifically, okay. but I know later on. And I actually think I've heard him talk separately about just, like, his body image. Yeah, I heard him... I think it was him and his wife, Taylor, went on a podcast that I like called Scrubbing In. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about his just, like, self-love journey after, like, being... I think he was talking about, like, being on on the big screen and being on movie posters and you're ripped and you're this like tiger beat poster and like that's who everybody expects you to be and how they expect you to always look but like that was really hard for him I think to be in that kind of shape and maintain it and then 
he likes seeing your body change as you mature and you get older and you kind of also lose that kind of teenage girl icon status, I think has been hard for him. So it's cool that he's open about it. Yeah. I'm sure that would be really hard. And especially as a man, I feel like they don't get that kind of representation that often. Like people don't talk about their body image issues as much if they're a man. Yeah. Also, I just love that his wife, Taylor Lautner, also Taylor Lautner, I love that she was Team Edward. (laughs) Yeah. I think she has so many TikToks about this, but there's like the one that I'm thinking of is she shows her childhood crush and it's Robert Pattinson. (laughs) And then it's like who I ended up with and it shows Taylor (laughs) Lautner. Literally Jacob Flack. (laughs) Yeah, she's a good follow. If you ever want to laugh, she's just like us. Basic fangirl. Except for she actually married Taylor Lautner. (laughs) Which is wild. Living the dream of yeah. so many girls. I know. <laughs> um, okay, actually, speaking of somebody that really leaned into their Twilight status, Ashley Green. Really? Ashley Green, I think, has a podcast right now where she talks about Twilight. Really? I think it's brand new. I think she just started it, which is interesting. Oh, we should listen. Yeah. I also think Nick Jonas lost his virginity to her. Was it Nick or Joe? Joe. It Did was I say Joe. Nick? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I meant Joe. Same, same thing. <laughs> Same, same. I heard that on Fluently Forwards podcast. Yeah, I think Shannon talked about it because I think Joe said that like on his, on like a Reddit AMA or something back in the day, which wild. Yeah, just throwing her under the bus. Also painful. That's just the theme of this whole entire episode. Pain. <laughs> it's painful. Nikki Reed plays Rosalie. Mm-hmm. Married to Ian Somerhalder, a.k.a. Are Damien. they still married? Yeah, I think so. I think they just had another oh, kid. Damon. I'm team Damon. Damon. Oh, Did sorry. I say Damien? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Damon. <laughs> You're team Damon. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a maybe a hot take. I don't know. Maybe not. Mm, I, don't I think remember. it's pretty split. I just always like the underdog, I guess. Nikki Reed did the movie 13 with Catherine Hardwick, the director of Twilight. She actually wrote it with her. And I have not seen the movie 13, but I've been hearing about it so much. I think a lot of people have a lot of nostalgic feelings towards this movie. Mm-hmm. So I found that interesting that they worked together before. Cool. I forgot that Anna Kendrick was in this movie, too. That was I funny always to see forget. Her. Yeah. Yeah. She was good. And also Christian Serratos. I don't know if that's how you say her name, but she plays Angela. And she was Susie Crabgrass in Ned's Declassified. Oh, my gosh. You You're right. Yeah. I knew I recognized her from something. I recognized a lot of these people. But I couldn't put my finger on what, but that's really funny. Ned's declassified. So we open the movie with, like I said, it's a very, like, indie movie vibe. Like, we have a voiceover. It's very moody. We're looking at, like, the forest. And then she's, like, packing up her car to leave Phoenix. And she's like, I'd never given much thought to how I would die. But dying in the place of someone I love seems like a good way to go. Immediate teenage angst. Oh, yeah. Immediate. Like... The fact that I used to be able to seriously watch this movie just, like, makes me laugh now when I'm watching this. Because I'm like, I was so bought in <laughs> to the moodiness and the drama. I was for this part, too. I was I was in. I was like, ooh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we learn that Bella is leaving her mom's house in Phoenix, Arizona. Because her mom and her mom's new boyfriend, husband, are going to move across the country. Yeah, he's like a baseball player or something. They're Mm -hmm. traveling for games and stuff. So she's going to go live with her dad in Forks. Which this movie really put Forks on the map. 
I remember I really wanted to visit Forks. I wanted to visit Forks. I really wanted Bella's car. That was the car I was like begging my parents for. I was like, I want an old red truck. And they were like, hell no, absolutely not. (laughs) She made old cars cool. She really did. Yeah. And Volvos for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) The most random car. Okay, so Bella's dad, Charlie, is the police chief in Forks. And you could just get the vibe. They're like, they don't see each other that much. They have a very awkward teenage daughter-dad relationship, which I think is pretty relatable. Yeah, and my favorite quote from this part is, he's like, your hair's longer. And she's like, I cut it since the last time I saw you. And he's like, guess it grew out again. (laughs) Which, Billy Burke, who plays Charlie, Charlie is the comedic genius of this whole movie. Mm -hmm, I I totally agree. have a newfound respect for him (laughs) as an adult. I love him. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought of something that I want to say about Bella in these in this first like scene or two mm-hmm. and who she immediately reminded me of. And I wanted to know if you agree or if you think I'm just like on glue. She is giving Bella Ramsey in The Last of Us to me in the very <gasps> beginning. Oh. Just her like poutiness and like teenage angst daughterness. For some reason, just the way she was talking and the dynamic of her and Charlie just was giving me The Last of Us. Do you know what? I think it's actually the vibe of The Last of Us. Mm. There's a coldness to it. I don't know what they do in editing to make it look that way. Mm-hmm. But that's, I, I can kind of see what you're talking about. Mm. And yeah, the angst. Yeah. Huh. So when they get to Charlie's house, the Blacks come over. So Billy Black, who is Jacob's dad, and Jacob are there. And we find out that Billy is one of charlie bella's dad's like oldest friends and so they're kind of like family friends you can tell that her and jacob were friends as little kids and that jacob is definitely still fond of her you can tell bella like kind of remembers him but it's not like they're close yeah and they pull up in this truck which they are delivering to bella because it is a gift they fixed it up for her and charlie bought it off of them just so nice and bella loves this truck She's so excited. I think a normal kid would be like, yeah, this is an ugly, ugly thing that you're giving me. (laughs) No, she loves it. And I think that was just, like we were saying, iconic. It made me want something beat up and old. Gave me a new appreciation for that. For sure. We also find out that Jacob lives on like an indigenous people's reservation and he goes to school there, which means Bella doesn't know anybody at her main school. Yep. Here's where we really see that Bella is clumsy. Because she, like, accidentally hits Jacob with the door as she's getting into the truck. (laughs) And I just remember when this movie first came out, our theater dying laughing. (laughs) There were a lot of points during this movie when I was watching it that I was like, that's not funny. But then I realized it was, like, in the back of my head I was remembering that the theater was laughing. Yeah. And there's a part towards the end where... Edward is, like, pretending to be asleep in the hospital, and I vividly remember the whole theater just, like, dying laughing. You're so right. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, this was such a good watch in the theater. Speaking of, let's just derail for just a second, speaking of seeing this in theaters, I did find out that theaters occasionally will do a Twilight Marathon where they will do 11 hours of oh my all gosh. of the movies. We have to go to one. We have to. So you should look it up in your city and see if there are any. Yeah. Because that sounds like so much fun. It sounds exhausting, Mm -hmm. but it sounds fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. Okay, so when she gets to school, she meets Eric, Mike, Jessica, Angela, and Tyler. This is kind of her new friend group. They all love her. Everybody's obsessed with her. 
which I remember when we got new kids in school, it was always very exciting. Always. I never understand the movie trope where the new kid is made fun of Mm -hmm. because that was never the experience at my school. Same. The new kid was the coolest new thing. Mm -hmm. The shiny new toy. Everybody wanted to know about them. And people were like lunging on them because they were like, I can make them my friend Mm -hmm. and they're going to be a part of my friend group, which is very funny. Yeah. And that's what happens. And then when they're in lunch, we see the Cullens come in. This is just going to start being a theme in every episode. I want this to be an HBO show because I want them to do it better. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, this could be so, so cool. Like seeing these old vampires like come into the school and i remember watching it when i was younger it felt very mysterious and cool but watching it now i'm just like this like weird slow-mo thing they're trying to do when like they don't look that different from everybody else like i don't know it didn't hit for me the same that was my biggest problem with the movie even when i watched it the first time because i had read the books and i was like they are supposed to look so much different Mm -hmm. than the other students like they're stunning they have dark circles under their eyes, I think. They're really, really pale. But because of the filters in this movie, everybody looks really pale. Mm-hmm. Especially Kristen Stewart. That was something I kept thinking throughout the whole thing is like she co- she's commenting that he looks so pale. But I'm like, you also look just as pale, girl. So I yeah. wish that they had like given her a little bit of rosiness or something. We needed some kind of contrast, I think, just so that they would stand out and look more supernatural to us. Yep. But anyway, whatever. Jessica, aka Anna Kendrick, is talking about how all of the Colons are together. They are Dr. Carlisle Colons foster kids, and all of them are together together. They're in couples, and she's like, I don't even think that should be allowed. <laughs> Which, same. That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's giving Sharon Josh... Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they called it out at least. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the line of colons is Edward. And Bella is just immediately fascinated. And then they become lab partners in the next period. And Edward is freaking sitting there covering his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't. I can't. Our, both of our faces are in our hands right now because we're just like... This is the most uncomfortable scene, and I understand. I understand that it is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But the faces that he is making, mm-hmm. especially as the fan blows Bella's scent towards him, mm-hmm. it was hilarious. I actually do remember laughing at this scene in the theater as well. Yeah, me too. You just can't keep a straight face when you see him. It's like, as we're talking about this, I wonder if this is a series that just is better in books. Like, it's just better to read the description than physically watch this happen. (laughs) I could see, okay, let's say HBO ran with a show of this or like a remake. Mm -hmm. I could see this working. Mm -hmm. It's just how it was done was just not good. Yeah. I'm sorry that we are destroying this movie right now. (laughs) It's fun. I love this movie. I still had a great time watching it, but yeah, it was uncomfortable to watch that scene. Mm-hmm. And poor Bella is just like, what is going on? She like sniffs her armpit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I think it is maybe is that both of them are like that. Like both of them are awkward, quiet, twitchy, tense. Mm-hmm. And I think if one of them wasn't, it would give us more contrast or something else to watch other than the awkwardness, you know? Yeah, like she can be offended, but mm-hmm. maybe portray that differently Mm -hmm. than how she did yeah Mm. so edward tries to change classes bella is just so offended at this point Mm -hmm. yeah he doesn't come back to school for days she does go to the cafe with her dad after school and she meets waylon 
all of the people at the cafe are acting like they have seen her recently, that she is the same kid she was when she was four, the last time she celebrated Christmas there. And she doesn't remember anything for Bella. Mm-hmm. But Waylon is like, do you remember? I was Santa Claus one year. She's like, obviously not. <laughs> and we will revisit Waylon later. So Bella is waiting to confront Edward about why he was acting weird, why he hasn't shown up to class. And then he doesn't come for like a whole week until, yeah, he doesn't come back to school for like a whole week. And meanwhile, we figure out that something suspicious has been happening in the town. There are people that have been attacked by animals, quote animals, and Charlie, because he's the police chief, always has to go investigate that. Edward returns after many days, and he's in her biology class just acting normal. I say normal, but not really normal to us, (laughs) but he's acting like nothing had happened. And so she kind of like prods at this and he says, I'm trying to figure out you're very difficult for me to read. And at this point, I remember that he can read minds and I forgot that he couldn't. Oh, like I have not seen this movie in so long. I really want to go back and read the books. We should. Yeah. It might be kind of fun. I want to know if they hold up. Me too. Yeah. So he's like asking her all of these questions about her because he knows everything about everyone except for her. And that's why she's such a mystery to him. Okay, not to harp on this HBO show idea, but... We're pitching it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can we get an HBO person on? Anyway, like, the Cullens are so cool. They are so cool. They're 110 years old plus. They have such cool stories. They each have different powers, which I kind of forgot about. Like, Alice can see the future. Edward can read minds. Kellen Lutz Emmett is really, really strong. strong. Yeah. So they all have these things. And it's just, like, so fascinating, and I would love to see more of their home life, and I think that would make them seem a lot cooler, and it would help us get the appeal, and I think we get that in the books. So, um, that's my next request for the show. Yeah. Actually, just a spinoff with just them. Take out the love story. I just want (laughs) to see the vampires and how they interact with each other. Truly. Also, this whole scene in biology, they are looking at the phases of mitosis in their little microscope and they're passing it back and forth it's an iconic scene and whichever set of partners gets the answers right first wins the golden onion and so then we see bella's holding the golden onion walking down the hall and then she asks edward if he's wearing contacts because his eyes were pitch black last time that she saw him and now they're like this golden color and he says it's the fluorescence and turns on his heel and just marches away. <laughs> we just, just, I was dying at this part. <laughs> just why? Why? I just don't. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't the script, word for word. Okay, so then a very dramatic thing happens, which is Bella almost gets hit by Tyler's car. And Edward appears out of nowhere and saves her, crushing the other car and then leaves immediately. And she remembers this. So when she's at the hospital, you can tell that she's, like, trying to figure out what happened. Because she saw him across the parking lot Mm -hmm. moments before this happened. And she's like, how did he get to me so fast? Mm -hmm. At the hospital is also where we meet Carlisle, which I love Carlisle. He was one of my favorite characters in the book. Um, He's just, like, so steady and level-headed. I love him. Yeah, I don't really remember him, actually. Mm -hmm. But I know he is the glue that is holding this whole family together. Yep. And I think people probably make fun of his makeup because he is so caked. You can see it, yeah. But I personally was like, the second Carlisle came on screen, I was like, this is what I actually wanted from all the other vampires, even Mm -hmm. though I don't like the look of it. 
he looks different from normal people. I actually totally agree. I thought the same thing. That's like when what he I came on, I was like, oh, he looks different. Which is weird. And yes, you can see the makeup, but I think you're right. I think the contrast was nice in that scene. Yeah. So Bella tells Carlisle that Edward saved her, even though he was nowhere near her. And Carlisle says it sounds like she was very lucky. Mm-hmm. And then she goes out in the hallway and she overhears Rosalie, Edward, and Carlisle arguing about this. And they see her and she asks to talk to Edward privately. And he just gaslights her the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's not good. He's like, you hit your head. You don't remember what happened. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I was standing next to you the whole time. And then when she does like hit it home a little harder, he's like, well, nobody's going to believe you. And I was like, this movie is not doing a good job of making me like him. No. I think that's maybe also what's missing. A lot of times when there's like a bad boy love interest, we love him and he's so interesting and intriguing. And in the books, I got the sense of that a lot more than in the movies because I'm not interested in him at all. He's so annoying. He's such a little twerp. I think we're missing scenes. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we're missing scenes of them building their connection because right now they don't know each other. Mm -hmm. They've had two interactions, Mm -hmm. you know. So there's just, yeah, there's something missing here. And it's just, he's so abrasive. And I understand why, and I do not think that every character has to be likable. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer for them not to be likable. He is just toxic. I hate yeah. it. I just had a thought, because the whole time I was watching the movie, I just kept thinking, like, he's supposed to be 100 years old. He's so mature. He should be so patient and calm and wise, which maybe that's just a stereotype. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, actually, maybe he just has been 17 for 100 years, but he is 17. You're so right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he is a teenage boy that just has been a teenage boy for a long time, as opposed to he is a really old person in a young body. Wait, this is actually the worst curse I've ever heard of because (laughs) his brain never fully developed and it's just stuck at 17. Yeah. My dad always says that boys are not mature until they're 26. I don't think I was mature until I was 26. Yeah, same. I feel like I could feel my frontal lobe clicking over the last few years where I'm just like, oh, I feel like a whole person now. Oh, yeah. And now when the years pass and my personality is the exact same, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow, good point. Okay, well. Maybe we can give him a pass then because his brain just... It makes me think of him as less creepy when I'm just like, oh, he just has been a teenager for a long time and not... He's an old man in a teen body. Yeah. You know? So Bella has her first dream that Edward is watching her sleep. Mm -hmm. Which, spoiler alert, it is not a dream. He's watching her sleep, which I hate. Yeah. Which I hated in the books, too. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Oh, and then sweet Mike asks her to prom... And she, she is really, like, I don't know why they're friends with her because she gives nothing. Nothing. But she's like, oh, dancing would be a bad idea because she's so clumsy. She says she's going to Jacksonville that weekend. And then she suggests that he asks Jessica. Ouch. Also painful. Yeah. (laughs) And then we kind of start to see this dynamic between Edward and Bella develop where she's like trying to badger information out of him kind of, and he's just not having it. And so they go on a field trip and he asks her what's in Jacksonville. And she's like, I'm not answering your questions because you don't answer any of mine. I need to know what's going on. Yeah. She's like, how do you even know about Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. Creep. Creep. He is creepy. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so then he blames stopping the car and saving her on an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's very common. You can Google it. 
<laughs> like, what a jerk. The audacity. The audacity. The audacity of a teenage boy. <laughs> yeah, truly. Something that I don't love about their dynamic is the, like, how he's so controlling and how he, like, needs her to be a certain way and do certain things. It's, like, very toxic. And there's an example on this field trip where she trips and he, like, snaps at her to watch where she's walking. It's like he's so overly protective of her. It's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. And then Edward says, Bella, we shouldn't be friends. Which, like, you weren't friends. No, they met, like, three <laughs> times. And you've just been rude to her the whole time. Yeah. Alice asks if Bella's riding with them on the bus back home from the field trip. And Edward says, our bus is full. And then in the cafeteria, back at school, Bella's friends invite her to La Push Beach. Mm -hmm. And she goes up to get some food. And there's the infamous apple scene mm -hmm. where she drops an apple and Edward picks it back up. He like bops it with his foot and it springs right back up to his hand. Which I didn't realize, but that is mimicking the book cover where he's, cup he's cupping the apple just oh. like the book cover. Oh, interesting. No, I never put that together. Like, I knew the apple was referencing the book cover, but not the, like, posture, but that makes sense. Yeah, and he's being all nice to her, and she's like, your mood swings are giving me whiplash, which good for her mm -hmm. for calling it out. And he said, if you were smart, you'd stay away from me. Like, once again, I just, like, want a reason to like him first. Yes. Before he gives the moody pushing away <laughs> stuff, you know? And then he says that he wants to hear her theories about mm -hmm. why he is the way he is. And she's like, I've considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. And he's like, it's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? Which I remember this was all over everywhere. Like people had t-shirts that said this. I loved this line. I think I did too. <laughs> Rolling my eyes at myself now. Yeah. And then she invites him to the same like beach outing that her friends asked her to come to. And he, when he finds out that it's a little push, she says it's too crowded. Cut to an empty beach that is not crowded at all. Mm -hmm. Bella's there with her friends, and then Jacob shows up, and they go on this walk together. And he tells her why the Collins don't come to La Push. And he says that the Quileutes are descended from wolves, and that the Collins are descended from an enemy clan called the Cold Ones. Something I didn't know is the Quileute Nation is real. Oh, interesting. I always thought this was a made-up, like, tribe. You would think. Mm -hmm. But no, they're real, and they didn't profit at all from Twilight. Mm, that makes me sad. It, yeah, it's terrible. And a lot of things about their culture were just misrepresented in a really offensive way. And the Burke Museum actually made this whole website. It's called Truth versus Twilight, I think. Mm. If you go to that, you can see all of the misconceptions and misrepresentations. Mm, that's nice. I'm happy that they have it up there. We should check it out. It is kind of interesting the, like, sharp left that this movie takes from Edward is annoying and weird to vampire. <laughs> to like, supernatural. Uh -huh. Like, her in the cafeteria line just being like, I keep thinking about kryptonite and spiders. And then Jacob being like, we're descended from wolves and they're called the cold ones. I was just, like, if you didn't read the book, it's just like, whoa, hang on. How do we get there? Mm -hmm. You know? Okay, so anyway. Another person gets attacked. It's Waylon, the guy who played Santa, mm -hmm. and he gets attacked by three people. And at this point, the audience has to know that they're vampires, right? Mm -hmm. It's very obvious. And the next day, it's nice out at school, 
and Bella wants to know why the Collins aren't there. And Anna Kendrick's character lets her know that Dr. and Mrs. Cullen pull the kids out of school every time it's nice out so they can do outdoor activities. Suspicious. Yeah, very. And because Bella is suspicious, she wants to buy a book on Quileute legends. And she finds that there's one at a shop in Port Angeles. So she goes prom dress shopping with Angela and Jessica. In the dress shop, there are these cat collars that are terrible. Yeah. I will note that all the Port Angeles scenes, as far as I know, were filmed in St. Helens, Oregon, which is where Halloween Town was filmed. Love it. Very interesting. Yeah, so Bella goes to the bookstore, gets the book, and then afterwards is walking down an alley and all the cat collars, like, come out of the, like, shadows to get her and they're talking to her and it's really stressful and scary. Mm-hmm. And Edward pulls up out of nowhere in his Volvo and gets out and, like, uses his vampire threatening. Yeah, and he's the most reckless driver. Like, he is dangerous here. Yeah. (laughs) And he tells Bella to get in the car. And as they drive off, he's like, I should go back there and rip those guys' heads off. You don't know the vile, repulsive things that they were thinking. And she's like, and you do? And he kind of backtracks and he's like, it wasn't hard to guess. Mm -hmm. So then they end up getting dinner and Edward says that he feels really protective of her, which, duh, obviously, we got that. And then he makes another comment about knowing what the guys were thinking. And then he says something about how he can read everyone's mind but hers. And this is delivered and accepted in the most calm way (laughs) to find out that the guy you like can read minds is so weird. She's unfazed by the supernatural this entire time. The (laughs) The only things that make her mad is that she doesn't know what he is. Mm hmm. And so that's what she's fixated on, not the fact that he's supernatural. She doesn't care. Mm -hmm. He also says at this dinner that he doesn't have the strength to stay away from her anymore. Okay. One of the classic, just like, angsty lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then on the ride home is when she touches him for the first time. Their hands accidentally touch, and she feels that he's super ice cold. Also, have you ever touched someone's hand when it's ice cold? It is not romantic. No. It is like, oh, that's cold. Don't touch me. <laughs> yes, that's Brian. Brian's toes every night in bed <laughs> are just ice toes. It's horrible. <laughs> not the ice toes. <laughs> so as they're driving, Bella sees her dad. Actually, they see both of their dads parked at the police station. So they pull in and they find out that Waylon died from an animal attack. So this is when the kids find out what happened. And Charlie gives Bella pepper spray. He's upset because Waylon was his friend. Mm-hmm. And then Bella goes home and she has to learn everything about the cold ones. She does her big Google search. Mm-hmm. This used to be one of my favorite scenes. I don't know why I remember really? it so much. Like all the clicking around of her like doing the deep dive research online. I don't know why I loved it. That's your Rory girl energy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming through. <laughs> yeah. And so she realizes what Edward is. And mm-hmm. this is another scene that just, uh, I just don't understand her. Mm-hmm. At school, she walks past him. And basically beckons him into the woods to Mm -hmm. follow her so that they can talk. And if you just found out someone is a vampire, why would you lure them into the woods alone Mm -hmm. to confront them? It's giving, I'm not like other girls, you know, I'm not scared. I know you won't hurt me. It's so silly. (laughs) Bella the pick me. Yeah. And then this scene, Robert and I quote all the time. My boyfriend Robert and I quote it (laughs) so often. And I don't know why, but like, we'll just be like, say it out loud. And then the other person will be like, vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. 
<laughs> I don't know why. Okay, and then this cracked me up. He says, "You like you need to see what I really am," which I was ex- not. I was expecting obviously because I read the book. But if this happened in real life, I would be expecting them to look like a monster, not for them to be sparkly. <laughs> And so he runs her up the mountain to stand in the sunlight, and he's all sparkly and says, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. Which is the funniest line ever. I can't. I was I was dying laughing because I think this is, like, a very well-known line, but I forgot it. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. And I was like, you are shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so sparkly. And I remember my friend and I, when we watched this movie in theaters, we were actually really upset about this part. We were laughing, first off. I'm pretty sure we were laughing at the skin of the killer part. But we were like, it looks like he is sweating. Mm. It doesn't, in the book, they make it this magnificent thing where he's just like, beams of light are radiating out of him. Mm -hmm. And it's very noticeable. And in the movie, it's just, it's very subtle. It's just sweat. (laughs) Yeah, it is very subtle. Once again, Bella's not scared. He's trying to, like, intimidate her into staying away from him again. I think he's just wanting to make sure that she's sure about her feelings And so he's saying, like, I have killed people, blah, 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 scary things. And then he's also reassuring her or I guess just, like, educating her about his lifestyle and tells her that the Cullen family only eats animals. And then he says her scent is like his own personal brand of heroin. Another very famous quote from the movie, but I'm just rolling my eyes. Also, fun fact, in one of these scenes, I believe he just, like, jumps down from a tree Mm -hmm. and if you remember back in harry potter he played cedric diggory Mm -hmm. and our introduction to cedric diggory is him falling out of a tree i forgot about that you're so right and robert pattinson said he suggested that for harry potter and he was like i guess i just have a thing where i just like suggest (laughs) oh he should just like pop out of a tree (laughs) and that's the most robert pattinson thing i've ever heard yeah we have so many quotes in this scene Mm -hmm. and the other one is And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a stupid lamb, she says. And then he says, what a sick, masochistic lion. I just don't buy that they're in love yet. I agree. I was going to say, this is the other point where I think we're missing scenes. Yeah. I just wish we saw it more. I wish we saw his background more. I wish we had a reason to love them in the beginning. And then I wish we had a reason to want to root for them together or at least understand their feelings. Agree. I remember we had a writing teacher once that said the villain can be evil and crazy and want horrible things but what makes it a good villain is if you understand why like Mm -hmm. if they have a good reason why and you can rationalize that or at least understand where they're coming from then it makes them a lot more compelling and i'm just like not getting that from them no yeah because bella then says she's absolutely and irrevocably in love with him in her voiceover and i was just like it has been 10 minutes you don't know the guy yeah yeah And then she shows up to school with Edward in his car, and everyone's staring at them. It's actually great because we see him smiling in this scene. Yeah, I actually love this scene. I think it's cute. We find out Edward's backstory a little bit, that he died of the Spanish flu, and Carlisle turned him into a vampire. Also, there's this part when he's talking about only eating animals because he doesn't want to be a killer. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's like a human on tofu. It keeps you strong, but you're never fully satisfied. How do you feel as a vegetarian about that? As someone who is sustained on tofu, I disagree. I am satisfied. It just makes me laugh. Yeah, it's such a trope. And they do refer to themselves as vegetarians, like, throughout the whole thing. Which is so funny. funny. Okay, so then she goes to meet his family. And they're cooking for her, which is kind of adorable because they don't eat. So cute. Mm -hmm. 
she's not worried about going into a house full of vampires. She's worried about his family liking her like a normal teenage girl. Mm-hmm. During the filming of this scene, Robert actually says that he was convinced that the only way to play this part was emo and super mm-hmm. moody. And so that's why he's emo and super moody throughout the whole movie. But in this scene, while they were filming, Rob's agent showed up. He was told to do the opposite of what he'd been doing for that scene or he would be fired by the end of the day. Oh. So that's why we see him smiling a lot more when he's with his family. Is that true? Were they going to fire him? I don't know, but they definitely scared him. And this was an interview that I watched with Rob. Hmm. Okay, so now I'm back to thinking that it's the actors that are awkward. If he was the one insisting on being so emo. He was really feeling artistic about this whole thing. Mm. I do really like that he was smiling in this scene, though. Like, I liked, again, like, I liked the contrast of seeing them at home where they're comfortable. And I just wish we had gotten more of their, like, backstory. Totally. I do think it's funny that they have all their graduation caps hanging on the wall from all the times they've graduated high school. I don't know if this is just me not getting it but they say that the younger they start out in a new place the longer they can stay there Mm -hmm. because bella's like sounds pretty miserable that you'd have to keep repeating high school which yes sounds terrible but i'm like no if they started off as adults couldn't they stay there longer right because it's weird if they're not aging up but then i'm thinking oh but if they're already 20 then they only get so long and uh, i don't know i guess that's true because then you would think they would age yeah yeah it this was also weird to make someone. Like, couldn't they just not go to high school? Like, did they look so obviously 17? Here's the thing. I think they're supposed to, right? Yeah. They're supposed to look like teenagers, but to us, they are full-grown adults. Mm-hmm. They look so... They're not teenagers. No, they look mid-20s, all of them at least. So I guess imagining that they actually did look like teenagers, yes, they they should start off earlier. Yeah, like if you actually saw a 16-year-old on the street and they were just not in school and they lived in the small town... You would know that they weren't in school. So then I get it. Yeah. And then you'd be like, how come they're like supposed to be 25 now, but they still look 16? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sold on it now. Okay. So then after she meets the family, they go see his bedroom and he has his windows open and he asks if Bella trusts him. And I can't remember what she says. Does she say yes? Does she say? I think she says I'm not scared of you or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Something like that. And then he puts her on his back and jumps out the window And tells her to hold on tight, spider monkey, which is another (laughs) famous quote from this movie. It's so funny. And I just, like, cannot take him seriously when he's speed running and climbing up things. No. Any of them. When any of them are doing their (laughs) speed vampireness. Can't handle. (laughs) Also, he plays piano for her. Mm -hmm. Which is cute. And then on another day, he shows up in her room and tells her he likes watching her sleep. So this is where we find out that, yes, he actually has been watching her sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. And she loves this. Mm-hmm. There's so much sexual tension here. And I'm so like, much. Ooh, this guy just said that he climbs in your room and watches you sleep. Without your consent, by the way. <laughs> He's telling you after. It's so weird. Yeah. And then this is when the makeout scene happens. Yes. To see if Edward can restrain himself, which obviously Robert Pattinson couldn't mm-hmm. in the audition. <laughs> obviously. And then Edward meets Charlie. And I, you're totally right. Charlie is the gem of this movie. I love him so much. Bella says she has a date with Edward and he's like cleaning his gun and then he just snaps his gun when she's like, he's right outside. (laughs) It's the best. Bring him in. (laughs) Also, we see a Stephanie Meyer cameo in the diner. I didn't catch that. Yeah, she's just ordering food. It's a very random cameo. Oh, that's nice, though. I like when they do that. Me too. And then we see the baseball game. 
that the Collins play. This is so... I never asked for vampires to play baseball. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it either. I liked that we got to see their strength and their, like, power. I thought that was cool. They can only play baseball during thunderstorms because of how powerful they are, how Mm -hmm. loud they are. Mm -hmm. Which I still don't get, but meh. So this is where we meet the other clan of vampires who are the ones that have been attacking other people. So that's Laurent, Victoria, and James. And Victoria's wearing Waylon's shirt. Mm-hmm. So we know that they were definitely the ones that did it. And it's unfortunate because they were planning to just pass through and then they heard them playing baseball. And so then they came to stop by. Obviously, it's not great that Bella is there. Like, this is very unusual for a group of vampires to have a human with them. And James, who is a tracker, that's his special talent, smells Bella. And this puts everybody, like, over the top in protection mode of her. Especially Edward, who reacts in defense of Bella out of protection for her. And that is what turns James onto, like, the hunt of Bella. Yeah, just eggs him on. So Edward freaks out, puts her in the car, and they start driving away. And he's like, we need to get as far away from here as possible. And Bella's like, no, take me home. And he's like, no, we definitely can't go home because it's the first place he's going to go. And so then Bella's obviously very worried about Charlie, her dad. And they hatch this plan so that if James is listening in, he'll know that Bella's not going home anymore to try to protect her dad. And this was really sad. I agree. She has to be mean to Charlie in order for him to let her go. She... Starts a fight with Charlie. She acts like her and Edward just broke up and that she needs to leave Forks. And she says the same thing to Charlie that her mom said when she was leaving, which is that she just doesn't want to get stuck there. And so he lets her go. James sees all this happen, which was kind of the idea to try to drive him away from the house so that he wouldn't hurt Charlie. So Alice and Jasper take Bella to Phoenix because they know that James is going to be tracking Edward because he knows that he won't leave Bella. And the others rub her scent throughout the forest to throw James off. Mm -hmm. And Rosalie is initially very resistant. She's been resistant this whole time. Yeah, I don't think she likes the idea that Bella's human. And we learn more about that, I think, later in the book series. Which I don't really remember, but I do know she becomes one of my favorite characters, I think. Yeah, I really liked her. I haven't literally read this since middle school, but I think what happens is we learn later that she was maybe in love with a human. Or when she was a human, she like maybe had a daughter or something or wanted to have a kid. And I think she was in love. And so she has some like... Just sadness and about I think that, I think. she was attacked by a big group of men, too, wasn't she? Mm, I think that's right. Something's coming up. Anyway, spoilers all around. But then Carlisle says that Bella's part of the family now because she's with Edward. And Rosalie has to respect that, so she goes off and helps. Mm-hmm. James obviously realizes very quickly that he's just smelling Bella's jacket and he knows what they've done. And then Alice gets a vision that James has changed course and she draws this room that Bella recognizes as her old ballet studio. Mm-hmm. So Rosalie and Esme, while this is happening, go back to Forks to protect Charlie just in case. And Carlisle, Edward, and Emmett, all the boys, go down to Phoenix to kind of help Jasper and Alice ward off James when he gets there. By the way, I think this is a very long car ride, Mm -hmm. right? From, like, Washington to Arizona. Must be long, yeah. Although I guess they're probably running. Oh, true. How fast can they run? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's why Edward gets there first. (laughs) Yeah, that is why he gets there first. (laughs) So Bella calls her mom. She's just going to tell her that she's not in Forks anymore. Mm -hmm. And her mom is frantic on the phone calling her name. And then James picks up and he says that Bella's mom came to Phoenix and he's got her now. And he says to meet him alone at the ballet studio. Mm -hmm. We get the dying quote from the very beginning of the movie again Mm -hmm. as she heads to the ballet studio. And then she hears her mom again 
and she realizes that it's just an old videotape of her mom. Mm -hmm. So she thinks she's going there to, like, take her mom's place and be the victim. And then when she gets there, she realizes James just was pulling her leg the whole time. Yep, tricking. Mm -hmm. He pulls out his own camcorder. Actually, I think it's something he took from her house. And he says he's going to videotape their time together to break Edward's heart. So he's tormenting her. He stomps on her leg really hard at one point. Yeah. He keeps telling her to tell Edward to avenge you. And she's like, no, Edward, don't. Mm -hmm. And then who shows up? Edward does, of course, the fastest boy. The fastest boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shortly after all the boys actually show up and there's like a big fight scene amongst everybody there. And during the fight, James bites Bella's wrist. So Edward pins James and rips his throat. Mm-hmm. Very graphic. Very. So Bella's bleeding. Alice wants to help her, but it's hard for her to be near Bella, obviously, because she's bleeding. Carlisle, thankfully, is a human doctor and comes over to help. And all the siblings gang up on James, rip him apart, and throw him into the fire, which I forgot is how they die. It's very Brutal. Dark. Yeah. And they realize that Bella is dying from the venom, and so she is going to turn into a vampire if they don't intervene. Yeah, Edward does not want that, so he takes it upon himself to suck the venom out of her, and he thinks that he cannot stop. But he does. He does it. There's this montage playing of all of these scenes of Edward and Bella together. The song Let Me Sign plays, and I had no idea. That's Robert Pattinson singing that song. I had no idea either. (laughs) And he also sings another song on the soundtrack called Never Think. Huh. He is the original person who sang in cursive. Like Ariana Grande. You cannot understand a word this man says. So Edward saves her. She wakes up in the hospital. This is where Edward is fake sleeping against the wall. This is when the whole movie theater laughed for me. Mm-hmm. And Bella's mom is there and tells her that she tripped and fell down two flights of stairs after having a fight with Edward, I think, and then fell through a window. And so that's where all of her glass cuts and her broken legs are coming from. Very believable, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wild story. Her mom offers to move Bella down to Jacksonville with her so that she can be safe and she doesn't need to be with her dad. Because if you remember, Bella told Charlie that she doesn't want to live in Forks anymore. And so that's the information her mom's working with. And Bella says, no, 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 I want to live in Forks. And asks her mom to go get Charlie so that she can apologize. And Edward, who was never asleep, wakes up and says, no, no, you have to go to Jacksonville. We can't be together. This is way too dangerous for you. And Bella just refuses and says, no, no, no. I want us to be together. I'm going to stay in Forks. And then they go to the prom. Yeah. <laughs> and she's wearing she's wearing this dress and Converse, which I've talked about before. I like this look. I remember being into this when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It was such a, I think now it's very normal for kids to wear Converse with prom dresses. But at the time, this was like revolutionary. She was like such an indie queen. Totally. <laughs> But she's wearing leggings, which is weird. I hated the leggings. Leggings under the prom dress. Ew. Not into it. Also, she broke both her legs, so tell me how she's only in one boot. I thought she only broke one leg. Oh, I thought she broke Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, maybe maybe I just heard that wrong. But she does only have one boot, you're right. One boot and one Converse shoe. Mm -hmm. So at prom, Jacob shows up out of the woods in a suit (laughs) and says that his dad paid him 20 bucks to come warn Bella about Edward and said that they should break up. Bella's just kind of like, okay, sweetie. (laughs) Bella's like, okay. And Edward's like, I'll take it from here. Yeah. And they have kind of a sweet dance moment in the gazebo. And she says that she wants to be a vampire because she wants to be with him forever. And he says, isn't a long, happy life with me enough? And she says, I guess for now. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm just imagining him like 
in the books, I remember it was like such a big problem. Like, oh, she's going to age. He's still going to look 17. That's going to be weird. Mm -hmm. But now that we had that conversation about his brain not being developed, I'm like, she is going to continue to get older and more mature. And she is still going to be with a 17 year old brain. True. (laughs) Which is terrible. Terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised I didn't talk about that at all. When this, like when their conversation started, because I remembered all that from the book, I was like, are they going to talk about how she's going to be old and he's going to love her anyway? And no, they didn't bring it up. They didn't get into it. But that was definitely the intention of what he was saying. Yeah. And she doesn't care what Edward says. She resolves that she knows what she wants and she's not going to give in. Yep. And that is where we leave the movie and we see Victoria at the prom. So she's like coming down the stairs at the very end of of prom. And you can tell that she's she obviously was with James and is very upset. So, yeah. What do you think of this ending? Good. Left us on the edge of our seat Mm -hmm. with Victoria. Yep. But also everything was wrapped up nicely. Mm Mm-hmm. I definitely wish we saw a little bit more of Jacob in the ending or a little bit more of their friendship throughout because I think him warning Bella probably could have been a little bit more serious or like, I don't know, haunting or forewarning. And it wasn't really. It was just kind of a joke. My dad paid me to tell you this. Don't get mad at me. And they just kind of laughed it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they could have like foreshadowed the like whole werewolf thing a little bit more, but. I, I thought it was good. I still, like, as much as we have totally crapped on this movie the whole time, <laughs> I still loved it. It was still so nostalgic. It makes me want to watch all the other ones. Oh, 100%. More and than read that, the books. Yeah, I was going to say more than that. It makes me want to read the books again. Yeah, because there's just something so, like, I can transport myself back to when I watched this the first time. Completely. And I love that about this. One thing I just really quickly, though, something that bothered me the whole time is just like none of the vampire tropes are followed, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're sparkly vampires. They can't get staked in the heart. That doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. The garlic, holy water thing obviously doesn't work. I don't think they have to be invited in anywhere. And there's a room of mirrors at the end to mm-hmm. just like further drive home the point that these are not your average vampires and they have reflections. And they don't have fangs. They don't have... Yeah, you're right. At least, like, they might come out when they're about to bite, maybe, but we don't really see that even. And they're just too invincible, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they just don't have a weakness, except for getting their head ripped off and getting ripped to pieces mm-hmm. and burned. So I hate that. Yeah, it was interesting that they chose not to incorporate any of those, like, at all. Because I kind of love how in Vampire Diaries, they do use some of them, because those are not your average vampires that you think of. Like, they're not a Dracula. mm and they also go to high school and follow a lot of the same, um, like, storylines as in Twilight. But they have to be invited in. And there's all these things that are that just feel like fun insider knowledge as the audience yeah. that Twilight just doesn't have. Twilight walked so that Vampire Diaries could run. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we would be interested in doing an episode on Vampire Diaries. So if you guys would like that, please let us know. Yeah, I am rewatching it right now. Really? Yeah. Uh, me and one of my best friends, Natalie, rewatched it and college and we just went through a whole other obsession like obsessed phase about vampires and i'm like if i dive back into any of this i'm just no i'm going down the vampire rabbit hole (laughs) well we're about to do it with twilight we're gonna watch all of them yeah also there are rumors maybe they've been confirmed that there's a twilight tv show coming oh so after all of your hbo talk someone had the idea before you i guess it's not gonna be hbo i don't think it's Mm. it's lionsgate okay so maybe it'll be on Max, but someone's writing the script right now. Cool. Oh, I hope it's good. I hope so, too. I would love a really, really good teen show out of this. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I will watch it so intensely. Oh, so like, I will be very into it because mm-hmm. I do love Twilight. This we are so fangirls. Fun. We love to fixate. Yes, this was so much fun to watch. <laughs> it was. Even though I was laughing the whole time, it was a good revisit. Yeah, I feel like I could hold the seriousness, love, intense feelings that I had as as a teen with the, and this is like a little bit silly as an adult, together. And together, it was good. Agree. Reminder that this is one of your last chances to get a review in on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a five-star rating and a written review, then we will find a Halloween-themed movie or TV show and match it up with you. Yeah, we're so excited to pick a movie for you. And thank you guys for listening, and thank you for leaving us reviews this month. It really means a lot. We love doing this podcast. We've done it for a few months now. It's flying by, and we just appreciate you a lot. We do. We're obsessed. And don't worry, because we'll still be covering fall movies and TV shows over the next couple of months. This is just going to be the end of our Halloween series as of next week. Thank you guys for listening to this spooky episode. Yeah, thanks for listening. That was so much fun. Bye. Bye.